Good evening, everyone who is here on site with us and those joining us online. It is such a beautiful day. If you're tuning in later this week, I totally get it. Uh, so uh, really glad to have you here and have you gathered with us and joining us from your living room. And so if you are new tuning in, we know every Sunday is someone's first Sunday. And so welcome to you. Thanks for taking the courage to, to kind of give up some of your time and invest it here with Element City Church. And we want to invite you to download our free app, which you can get at your app store. Just type in Element City Church, download that. It's got a lot of different features, uh, all the past sermons and messages and, and services as well as a calendar of upcoming things, ways that you can serve around here, and things like virtual lunch and all that kind of jazz. So check that out. We'd love for you to, to be a part of that. If you're online, uh, we have a wonderful host who's hosting tonight. And so if you have questions throughout the night or if you just want someone to pray for you, uh, feel free to reach out to them and they will uh, be glad to kind of meet you there in that spot. Uh, so thanks for those who turn in for the virtual lunch. We do that a couple times a month. So in a couple weeks, we'll do that again. And we are in the middle of our 21 days of prayer. My hope is that you have been dialed in with us. Again, you can download that for free right from the app, or you can pick out if you're here, you can get a hard copy of that, a printed out copy of that. Uh, today's kind of day seven. Tomorrow starts day eight and a whole new week uh, of praying for our community. And so we would love to invite you to be a part of that. Uh, we're taking 21 days and just everybody praying in the same direction on the same day, asking God to move to not only change our hearts and encourage us, but to also to kind of move our church forward and to be a blessing into our community and praying over our community. So join us in that. Uh, set aside five, ten minutes and be a part of that with you. So uh, as we get ready to start with just an opening word of prayer, we're going to worship. Uh, tonight's Church of the Week is Authentic Life Church. Uh, every week we pray for a Church of the Week in multiple churches around town. There's like a hundred plus churches that are a part of that. We're asking God to be a part of ministering in their scope and reach. Uh, to move the kingdom of God forward and to help people know Jesus. Uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but there's a million plus people in our city who are not connected to any church. And, and so the harvest is plentiful and, and the workers are few and we're praying God would move in the hearts of the churches to minister to people and to reach people. Uh, and that's what we're about. So if you're here in the house, why don't you stand up with me? If you're there at home, uh, it's on your own. You could stand or, or stay seated. Uh, but let's pray and we'll dive in tonight asking God to meet us here and encourage our hearts individually. So Father, we lift up Authentic Life Church to you tonight. Uh, we pray for their leadership and those that are leading uh, the scope and capacity of what they do. We pray that you would expand their reach and expand their impact into the part of the city that uh, you have planted them to be. God, we've got a, a million plus people that aren't connected into any local church here in the Tucson surrounding area. And so we're asking that you would raise up your church. And tonight we're praying for Authentic Life Church, for them to be able to reach people for you, to reach their neighbors and their friends, their coworkers, their school classmates. And Father, we're asking for your provision for them, your protection over them. God, would you keep them healthy? Would you keep them moving along well in their scope? And we pray for tonight, whether folks are gathered here on site or online at home. God, we pray that this next hour or so would be your time, a time for your spirit to move in our hearts and to move us in worship, to move us in looking into your word. Help us to become uh, more and more who Jesus dreams us to be and that you would meet us. And God, I pray that tonight you would surprise each one of us with a word from you that maybe we didn't know we even needed to hear, 
but you have it dialed up just for us. It might come from a song. It might come from what we're looking at in Scripture. But, God, would you surprise us tonight? We pray your blessing over each one that's here, each one gathered online. We pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. I was buried beneath my shame Who could carry that kind of weight It was my turn Till I met you I was breathing but not Alive. All my failures I tried to hide. It was my turn till I met you. You called my name and I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness into your glorious day, you called my name, and I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness into your glorious day. Now your freedom is all that I know The old name you Jesus, when I met you Oh, what a day When you called my name
Titus 3, 5, uh, it says this. It says, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. And so we just want to keep those words in our mind as we sing this song. That his grace is so good that uh, wherever we are, it's always able to save us. And yet his love is so good that it's not going to let us just stay where we're at. He wants to move us forward in sanctification and holiness to make us more like his son Jesus. And so we worship him tonight, uh, don't we, for that. So let's lift our voices. I've been strong and I've been broken within a moment. I've been faithful and I've been reckless at every bend. I've held everything together and watched the shadow. I've stood tall and I have crumbled in the same breath. I have wrestled and I have trembled towards surrender Chased my heart adrift and drifted home again Plundered blessing till I've been desperate to find redemption Every time I turn around, Lord, you're still there I was found before I was lost. I was yours before I was lost. Where the scars for all my mistakes and that part just wrecks me. Deserve this kind of love, but somehow this kind of love is who you are. It's a grace I could never add to be somebody you still want. But somehow you love me as you find me. Yeah. 
wasn't created to bear it alone. I hear your invitation to let it all go. Yeah, I see now I'm laying it down, and I know that I need. Run to the fire, I fall into grace. I'm done with the high, no reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon, my soul needs a friend. So I'll run to the fire again and again and again and again.
running into your arms is running to life from death. Yeah, I feel this rush deep in my chest. Your mercy is calling out just as I am. just as we are, you pull us in. We believe that to be true, that you love us as you find us. And yet uh, your love's too good to leave us there. So God, would you show us what it is that you're moving us toward tonight? That as we look up and as we see the love that you do have for us, when we see that perfect love, the way that that love fulfills, the way that that love removes all sorts of shame and all sorts of um, just ways that we have failed. God, that we would see that we, there's nothing more that we need to do to be received by you other than to just run to you. I pray for the person who's in here tonight who has constantly felt like they've had to, to work hard to be enough to be loved by you pray that tonight would be the night, Lord, that that fear just falls away, that this would be the moment that they can look you in the eye and just see full in your face how much you love them already. Pray for the person who's here that has felt as though they've already earned your love. I know there's so many times that I might come to you, God, and think, I've served you for years, you owe this to me. And yet your, your love is so gentle to not uh, immediately rebuke us in those moments. You probably just kind of laugh it off and, and still pull us in, just waiting to show us uh, how much more you have in store for us than the things that sometimes we come to you and ask you for. Um, so would you set our eyes on you? Would you set our vision to be bigger than what we even think it could be? 
Your word says that you're able to do more than we ask or imagine. And so help us to just increase our gaze, God, until you are all that fills it in all of your infinite glory and all of your wisdom. Just take a moment, pray for yourself tonight. Ask God to just let that song ring true, that you'd run to him in this moment. Take a moment to pray for Pastor Jack as he speaks tonight. Ask God to anoint this message, to use these words, uh, to, to speak truth into our hearts that we need to hear tonight. So Spirit, we just give you this moment to move as you please and as you will. Open our hearts to receive your word now. We pray these things in Jesus' precious and his holy name. Amen. Amen. What I love about that song, uh, for those of you tuning in from home and those here is run to the Father and, and he is more than, more than welcome to, to welcome us in and receive us in, but even greater than that, we serve a God who runs to us. And that's the gift, that's the, the beauty, and that's, that's the declaration of the gospel. And so if you're kind of new to faith and investigating faith, or maybe you're kind of coming back to faith and trying to understand it for yourself, just allow that truth to wash over you again and again and again, that not only can you approach him, but he actually runs toward you. Not with a finger wagging, but running toward you to embrace and to meet with you and connect with you. And, and so uh, that's the heart of the gospel. And so uh, we are glad to have you here in the house with us or at your house watching. And uh, I'm going to invite you, if you haven't, just to kind of go to the church app uh, and scroll down to sermon notes. Because some of the notes we have tonight is kind of all over the place a little bit. And I want you to be able to follow along with that. So you can, if you do that from home or here, and you can kind of follow along where we go. I want to start with this statement that healthy things grow, they mature, and they develop because they're intended to. Uh, we recognize this in a host of different ways. Uh, we recognize this in, in uh, the startup of businesses, right? Uh, Jim Collins wrote a book called Good to Great, and in that he wrote about businesses that had very humble beginnings uh, and yet continue to gain traction and grow and, and expand their reach and their influence. And companies that began in, in humble settings but developed with good leadership and not just to maintain but actually to begin to thrive and, and to begin to grow. And they last, in his book, he talks about the companies that have been 100 plus years. So not just a simple mom and pop startup but something that has taken off and go. We understand that uh, we see athletes develop and grow and mature and often like in the playoff setting that's going on now in the NFL or other seasons of times you'll see documentaries of an athlete that's a professional now and you'll get to go back and see some of their high school tape right or their middle school tape or some of uh, their college tape and you just see the development of them over the course of time as they get better and as they mature and as they get more equipped with what they have maybe the most obvious example is yourself when you look in the mirror, right? Uh, how many of you, um, well, that, well, how many of you still wear diapers? 
Yeah, okay, that's not inappropriate. But like, okay, you're not there. Like, you, you've developed. Uh, you're mature. Uh, some of you who have young ones at home, you're like, that season's never going to end. It does end. It ended for you. And you grew up, right? Uh, kind of like this young couple here. I, I think we have a picture of it. This, yes, look at those darlings. Aren't they wonderful? They're just some of the best kids who have ever been born. Um, and then now you fast forward a few years and you get to see their engagement picture. There they are. You can know why I ask her. And then you fast forward even more to 26 years now into this journey. This is my wife and I, in case you didn't notice. Uh, but that's Amy and um, it's just 26 years in. And here's the reality. We have developed, we have matured, and we have grown uh, the same way you have. And, and from a spiritual context, it's the same thing. It, it, the development and the growth and maturing it is meant to be a part of the process. And that's what I want to kind of dive into tonight. That when it comes to spiritual growth and development and maturing, it's meant to be part of the process as one who has said yes to Jesus. Now, you may be here, and maybe you haven't said yes to Jesus yet. You're kind of investigating this whole Christian thing and this Jesus thing, and there's a lot of mixed messages out there, and I get that. And I just want to tell you, I'm really, really proud of you for kind of owning your spiritual journey and beginning to take some steps. And so if you're investigating, I want you to fast forward and maybe see some of the process of what God longs for you. And maybe you're not there yet, but that's okay. That for many, many people in this room, many watching online, many who've been a part of this church family, we've matured and we've developed and we've grown because of our faith in Christ. And we're not the same person we were many, many years or months ago. And yet there's been this growth and development. Here's where we see examples of this throughout scripture, that this is meant to be part of this process. So I want to rattle some off to you. The Apostle John writes this in 1 John chapter 2, verse 13. I'm writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. Who's his name? Well, it's speaking of Jesus, right? That your sins have been forgiven because of Jesus. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. He's speaking of an intimacy that you have a relational intimacy with God the Father. And I'm writing to you, young men or young women, because you have learned to overcome the evil one. We can see, just like our pictures of kids engaged, now 26 years in, it's the same thing spiritually that we're meant to mature and develop. The Apostle Paul gets at it uh, in a little bit different way. He talks about this as a challenge to those that are a part of the church, the movement of the church that Jesus established. And he says, look, I, I want you to, to be equipped. He uses the equip language, and he talks about it like this in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 13. So Christ himself gave the apostles, prophets, the evangelists, pastors, and teachers to what? To equip to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ, every time you read the body of Christ, that's the church, so that the church may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That part of our role as a church is to equip you so that you would grow and you would develop and you would mature in your faith. That leaders of the movement called the church are to equip the people. The people who are following after God, that they, they would be unified, but they wouldn't be the same. 
We're not talking about sameness here. We're talking about unity. We're talking about uniqueness and yet a unity that pulls us all together, that helps us understand the callings that have been impart, uh, imparted upon you. That God has given you giftings and passions and purpose and significance and callings in your life that you would step forward into owning that and that you would grow in that, you would develop that, you would mature in that. That we are diverse and different and yet we're unified, becoming mature so that the whole body of Christ, the church, puts on display the beauty of Christ and what it means to be mature and, and to follow him and to live out the ways of Jesus. Now, Another passage that I would call kind of the OG passage, uh, it goes all the way back to the original calling of the original disciples, those who followed Jesus. This is what Matthew chapter 4 records. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake. They were fishermen. How many of you have ever been fishing? That's what they did for a living. That was their calling. That's what they knew. It was their whole identity until this particular moment. And they only went back to fishing one other time after they felt like the movement was over. But when the resurrected Christ showed up, they left the nets again. And they gave their very lives. Here's what Jesus walked by and he said, come follow me. That was it. That doesn't sound like a great sales pitch, does it? Like, here's going to be the 401k, here's the employee benefits, here's, no, no, just come follow me. Leave everything, let's go. Now, what we have to understand, because you and I read that, we go, well, that's weird. Um, but like, no, it's not, because rabbis were, or Jesus was a, a traveling rabbi of the day, and they were kind of the rock stars of the day. And that's what you have to understand, that as one of the rock stars of the day, because this was one of the highest callings in that time, that when someone would recognize you and want you to be part of their Talmudian, part of their following, and they would come to you and say, hey, come follow me, of course you would drop everything. And you would go. Because you were being called to a, such a higher purpose than just what your father's living was. It was so much beyond that. That's why we can say, Jesus just says, hey, come follow me. And, and the whole pursuit of this whole idea of growing and maturing and developing really goes back to this original calling. Jesus says, come follow me. Not, here's the, the plan, go home and study it, figure it out, memorize it, and then kind of live it out. No, no. It, it's relational in nature. It's this come follow me. Watch what I do. See how I live. And then you, you live that out a little bit more. And, and so begins this investment into these original disciples for three years. Jesus invests in them, trying to equip them to become more and more. So as a church, we've been doing this refresh series, right? And we've been doing this refresh series, understanding kind of our mission and our vision and understanding that these three core cultural values that we want to have, that's going to dictate everything we do. It's going to be filtered through this. We want to be a church that will reach, that will help people reach up to love God and to love others. We'll be a church that will equip people to, to follow after Jesus. And we will be a church that sins that sends people out as active agents for God to do his good in this world. 
that that's our calling as a church. And we're trying to understand that. So tonight I want to talk about this idea of equipped. What does it mean to be equipped? Remember the very first week, Lyle kind of got us started with this posture of discipleship. And what does that look like? We looked at the definition of discipleship, remember? To be a disciple. To be a disciple is someone who knows and follows Jesus, is becoming more like Jesus, and is committed to the mission of Jesus. That's what it means to be a disciple. Uh, you'll hear us use words like to be an apprentice of Jesus. Anyone who's in a trade field understands the word apprentice. Uh, we don't use it very much. We use the word intern, right? Uh, but the reality is in any trade field, you become an apprentice of someone. You're, you're basically learning how they do the job, and then you're beginning to do the job alongside them, and then pretty soon you're doing the job, and they're watching, and then pretty soon you're just taking over and you're doing the job. That's how apprenticeships work. It's sort of like an internship, but it's much more detailed with that. That being a Christ follower is not solely about just changing the status update on your social media feed. I'm a Christian. It's not just putting a bumper sticker on your life. Christian, because, listen, there are a lot of people who put a bumper sticker called Christian on their life, and we wonder why the world looks at Christians and go, they're weird. Right? Because there's a lot of people who live with a bumper sticker on their life. But that's not the same as being an apprentice or a disciple or someone who has been enfolded into this journey to actually grow and mature and develop in them. We are not people who are just kind of gone from one status of lost to found. We are that. That is our salvation. But it's not just that. It's bigger than that. That we've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. And we are to be one who is continually in a transformation process of becoming more and more like Jesus. Discipleship is, is about people development. It's about equipping people as apprentices of Jesus. That they become more and more like him. They react more and more like him. Uh, more this year than the year before. And so it is a continual, lifelong development. And it's not something that's optional. It's something for us to be about. That developing people the way God intended us to be, helping them discover and fulfill their calling in their life according to their God-given gifts and to their passions and to their purpose and to their abilities. That maturing in your faith is about following after Jesus. It's not just praying a prayer so that you have fire insurance. Or that you have a golden ticket that gets you to heaven when you die. This isn't Willy Wonka. This is about living more and more in the calling that, uh, that Jesus has given you. You have been rescued as one who has said yes to Jesus. Now follow your rescuer. That's the point. That you've been rescued. I've been rescued. And we don't just abandon the person who rescued us. We now follow after them. Because that was Jesus' call from the very beginning. Come, follow me. It's relational in nature. It's a process. The, the growing, maturing, equipping, and developing process is often in a biblical word. It's a $10 word called sanctification. It's the sanctification process. You have been given salvation. That is the fact that you can't work your way to a perfect and holy God. So Jesus came into your place and his life, his death, his resurrection, his resurrection, he paved a way and made a way for you to have a right relationship with God, not based off your merit, but based off what he did. That's salvation. Now, sanctification is, again, a $10 biblical word that simply says, become more like Jesus. 
enter into an apprenticeship, enter into a, a spiritual internship, if that helps you to see it, into becoming more and more like him, that you would think more and more like him. You would act more and more like him. You would react more and more like him. You would respond more and more like him. And that is a never-ending process. Sanctification for the follower of Christ is to be normative, not optional. It's to be a normal part of what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be someone who has said yes to Jesus and his rescue. Well, of course, now I just follow my rescuer, and I want to be more and more like him. I'm not going to be him. There's only him. There's only one him, but I want to be more and more like him. And I want to see this sanctification, this maturing, this growing, this development in my own life. Paul says in a lot of different things, I can get a lot of different things wrong, but sanctification, I want to get right. I want to willingly go into this process of being more like that. I may make a lot of mistakes along the way, but I want to learn and develop and grow. Sometimes it's difficult to pursue holiness, but the purpose of it is so that I know Christ and Christ knows me and there's a developing, growing intimacy in our relationship. And it doesn't mean I'm perfect, because this side of heaven, I'm never going to be perfect. But am I more a true reflection of Jesus today than I was five years ago? See, this is about progress, not perfection. That's one of our values around here, trying to help people make progress. We want to equip people to follow after Jesus. Paul says this, Romans 12, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Paul's suggesting that you are being, uh, that you are being conformed or you are being transformed. There's only two options. You're either being conformed more and more to the ways of this world, or you're entered into a process where God is doing a transformational work inside of you that you become more and more like your Savior. It's one or the other. There's no default uh, setting here where you don't get to choose one and you just kind of stay put. Everybody drifts. Everybody. And so are you either drifting toward conforming to the ways of this world or you're drifting toward the transformational work that Christ wants to do in and through your life? The question is, are you willing to be formed, either transformed, or are you going to settle to be conformed to the ways of this world? Uh, we have a spiritual adversary, the evil one, who wants you to settle just to be conformed. Because subtly, over time, you just become more and more like the person who just wears the Christian bumper sticker. And it really doesn't mean anything. You may go to church occasionally, but it doesn't have a meaning. It doesn't have a transformational work in your life. You're not being equipped to become more and more like Jesus. And what Paul's saying, and what so many other scripture writers in the New Testament are saying, is no, you want to go into the process of being an apprentice of Jesus. Paul writes this, 1 Thessalonians 4.3, it is God's will that you would be sanctified. You want to know what God's will is? That you become more and more like Jesus. You may have questions about specific aspects. God, should I marry this person? Should I take this job? Should I go here? Should I buy this house? Those are good questions, valid questions. God wants to hear them all. But if you really want to know what God's will is, is that you would be more and more like his son. Period. He's made it abundantly clear. Now, again, that's for someone who has said yes to Jesus. If you're investigating Jesus, now you're getting to see 
that when people just put the bumper sticker of Christian on their life, and yet they're not into this process of growing and developing and maturing, sure, they may have fire insurance, but that's all they got. It's meant to be so much more than that. And for that, man, if you're just spiritually searching, I just want to apologize on behalf of, of people who have prayed a prayer, and they really mean it, but they've never surrendered the leadership of their life to Jesus. They've maintained the deed to their own life, and they want control. And this is the issue when it comes to being a follower of Jesus. There's a lot of people who are just a fan of Jesus. There's a difference between being a fan and a follower. And that's the invitation that throughout the entire New Testament we're invited into being a part of this process. Paul, uh, the writer of Hebrews, says this, pursue peace with everyone, pursue holiness. That is your pursuit because in that you will begin to, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. You want to grow in intimacy with Jesus? Pursue holiness. Pursue and say, God, I want to be more and more like your son. And I know that's a process. I know that's a journey. That's an adventure where you're going to chip away at things that are holding me back. And you're going to pour things into me and call me toward things that are bigger than what I have in my horizon right now. But I want that. Friend, you want that. That is the adventurous life of following after Jesus. Many people say yes to Jesus for salvation but they stop short and they advocate this idea of anything else and they allow so many other pursuits to become what occupies and preoccupies their whole life. And they let other passions take their full devotion in that direction. Some people will say, my schedule's too busy. When things settle down, then I'll pursue spiritual growth. Or, or my church doesn't have an adequate program for spiritual growth. And you fill in any kind of excuse there. The reality is Jesus still says to you and to me, come, follow me. You know what that's bigger than? It's bigger than just, hey, I'm going to go to a church and they're going to give me everything. No, see, this is about owning your own faith. We want to be a church that helps and equips you, but we can't do it all for you. Why? Because you're not maturing then. That's just like taking a thing of baby food and shoving it in a baby's face and that baby happens to be 35 years old. That's weird, right? Wouldn't that be weird? When you're 35, you got to know how to feed yourself, right? Don't we just know that deep in our bones? Well, it's the same thing spiritually. That there's a part of this that, yes, people can pour in and yes, people can encourage, but like you got to own part of that too and it's not about earning sanctification is different than salvation you get salvation you didn't earn it but now you're invited into the process of becoming more and more like Jesus and you know what that's challenging that's not the easy road but it's meant to be normative not optional it's meant to be the calling that's put before us to say, I want to be a person that develops more and more. Spiritual growth is about growing our inner depth. 
that we get the depth of Jesus and his character more and more formed within us, that his transformational work will be an ongoing, all-the-time part of the process in every season, producing more and more of his depth into our lives. We can short-circuit that. We can sit on the sideline from that. But that's the invitation of Jesus. Come, follow me. It really is this simple. There's a lot to it, but it really comes back to that. And let me, let me make this statement. In a superficial world, depth is what's needed. In a superficial world that we all live in, we all navigate, we all traverse together, where anybody can have an opinion and everybody does, when anybody can say anything they want, what do you crave? Depth. What inspires you? Someone who has a depth of character, isn't it? Someone that lives with a passion of something deeper than just superficial, surfacey kind of stuff. Those are the people that inspire you. Those are the people that you want to lean into a little bit more. That's Jesus. And so the invitation for us is to say we want to help be a church, an entity, an organization that helps equip you to help grow the depth of Jesus more and more into you. And so how are we going to do that? That's what I want to spend the rest of our time looking at. How are we going to do that? Well, we said last week that every church has kind of the great commission and the great commandment, right? That every church has that, but we talked about ice cream, remember? And we talked about ice cream had a whole bunch of different kinds of flavors. Not everyone loves to have just vanilla. And so different churches will have different flavors to them. How are we going to do it? Well, we're going to kind of focus on our flavoring is going to be this, weekend gatherings, this time right here. We will be a church that, that preaches the scripture. We're not going to preach anything else. That's what we're about. Why? Because we believe that's going to help grow Jesus' depth in you. We believe that's going to inspire you to be more and more like him. We're going to gather to worship because we want to be a church that reaches people to help them love God. Why? Because we believe that's going to help grow the depth of Jesus more and more in you. We believe that's a calling that even those who are far from God, who have listened to the song of the world around them, need to hear a different song. They need to hear a different tune that's actually going to draw them to something they've been searching for. They've never been able to put their finger on it. Why? Because it's Jesus, and he's deeper than just superficial living. And so we really believe that we're going to help reach people by some of the experiences we'll have in this room or online together. And that it's not just for the people that know Element City Church. I told you, there's a million plus people in our city who have no connection to any church. That's a million plus people that Jesus is longing to reach. So we're going to be a church that helps do that. That's going to be our calling. That's part of what we're going to do, our weekend gatherings. We want to help people know Jesus and get to know him better. We want to have serve opportunities We'll have serve opportunities within the church, people that can serve on different teams around here, because here's what you know to be true. When you get out of your comfort zone, you grow. True. Whether that's working out or doing something different, learning a new hobby, you have to get over the curve a little bit. You have to push through a little bit. When you get out of your comfort zone, you're the one who grows. And so when we serve within the church, when we serve within the community, 
that forces us to be out of our comfort zone. It's no longer just about me. It pushes me to be about something bigger, something better, something beyond. And in that moment, the Spirit of God can do some transformational work within me. Why? Because we believe serving actually helps produce some of the depth of Jesus more and more into you. Why? Because Jesus said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. That was his posture. And I think the people that he says, come follow me, guess what? That's going to be some of the posture that he wants to work into your life and into my life. And so serving opportunities, uh, faith practices, kind of owning your own faith practice, that it's not just about what we can kind of dill out to you or dole out to you, but it is inviting you to equip yourself to not be 35 or 45 or 55 and still expecting someone else to feed you. That, that part of this growth is saying, hey, I'm going to own that. And so that's why we talk about the YouVersion reading plans all the time. I, we know from studies, people who engage in the Bible grow in depth with Jesus. Rocket science, people who spend time with him actually get to know him better and have their lives transformed to be more and more like him. Ta-da. And, and so we talk about that a lot. Uh, we try to encourage in our group life, and, and that's probably the next one. So in lots of different ways, we're going to try to encourage you to own some individual faith practices. But groups is probably one of the primary ways that we're going to help you grow, that we're going to try to equip you to grow in depth uh, of understanding and, and being connected to Jesus and knowing Jesus and living more and more the Jesus way of life is to do that in a group setting. Uh, you are a better person because of the groups of people who have invested in you. You know that to be true. I'm a better person because of the people that God has used to invest in me over the years. Why? Because I got blind spots. I'm lazy at times. Uh, I'm easily self-focused at times. Anyone else can agree with me. Like, it's easy to make it about me. But when I have other people that are pushing, investing, and pouring into me, it forces me to grow and develop. And discipleship is about people development. It's about helping us grow in our faith. And so we need one another. You need me and I need you. That's why we say often around here, the connected life is far greater than the surrounded life. I can live surrounded by people, but it's still all about me. But when I live connected with people, then that pushes me and I push them and we actually get better together and we grow in depth in anything, but spiritually speaking, we grow in depth of our relationship of Jesus. And so how we're gonna do this is in two different ways. We're gonna have two main group kind of life things. One is e-groups and one is discipleship groups. E-groups, real simple, is this. It's maybe a similar life stage kind of setting. It could be mixed. It could be couples. It could be just guys. It could be just gals. Whatever that may be. But in e-group setting, we're saying, hey, this group is going to help you live life. It's going to practice all the one another's of Scripture. To pray for one another, to encourage one another, to support one another, to be with one another. That all the one another's of Scripture are going to be lived out. This is a community of people who said, I'm going to try to live life alongside you and you alongside me. And we're going to actually help each other grow in that. And so we have e-groups that are currently going. We have e-groups that are getting ready to start here very soon. We have e-groups that will launch more later on this year. And so if you're not connected to a group or to an e-group, I'm inviting you right now, whether you're online, we have online e-groups that are starting. 
So if you're still hesitant about being with people, then zoom in and connect. We live in an amazing time where we can do that. And so in any way, shape, or form, you have a spot in a room or you can help us be a host and develop some new groups that we need to put into place. And there's some groups that we're lacking that we need to have. And so you could be a part of that process of helping us with that. So e-groups is about studying the Bible for life change, about living life together and being for one another. We're going to have e-groups. We're going to have discipleship groups. Uh, discipleship groups, a, a simple way of maybe saying, okay, an e-group might be uh, a group of, you know, 10, could be 15, probably not much bigger than that. But a, a discipleship group is kind of like a micro group. It's like two, three, maybe four, no more than four. And what you're signing up in a discipleship group is real simple. I want to know what it means to be an apprentice of Jesus. I've come to church for a long time. I want to know what it means to be an apprentice of Jesus. And so we have this resource, uh, Greg Ogden's book, Discipleship Essentials. And every one of our discipleship groups is going to go through this chapter by chapter. Why? Because it works. You want to know what it means to be an apprentice, a follower of Jesus? Well, this is a great way to do that. Now, is it the Bible? No, but it has a ton of the Bible in it, and it's going to help get some of the the Bible into you. And those discipleship groups are committing to say, hey, we're going to give up six to nine months, and we're going to go on this journey. And e-group is ongoing. Uh, We'll start new ones as we need to, but a discipleship group has a shelf life to it. Six to nine months, maybe 12 months max, and those groups are two or three people, you're going through this resource, you're challenging each other, you're helping each other, you're supporting each other, and at the end of that experience, you're going to have the opportunity then to turn around and maybe take that same resource and invite two or three other people to say, listen, this revolutionized my life. I I finally understand what it means to be an apprentice of Jesus. And so now you're going to have the opportunity to turn around and invite some other people to be in a discipleship group maybe with you. And you help them go on that journey. So as a church, groups matters to us a lot. And so e-groups and discipleship groups is where our flavor is going to be. That's us. That's what we're going to focus on. And we're going to be about that. Why? Because we believe discipleship is people development from a spiritual perspective. We want to help equip people to know and follow after Jesus. We want to help them discover their calling, how they can make a contribution. We want to help people take their next next steps as a follower of Jesus to be his apprentice. We want to equip people to connect with him, grow in intimacy with him, to know him and to be known by him, to love him and to be loved by him. We believe Jesus changes everything. We really do. And it's not just about slapping a, a bumper sticker on the outside. It's about something so much deeper. So Saturday rolls around, right? Uh, Amy and I, we we go to this farmer's market. And uh, this farmer's market we've been going to a couple different times over the last few months. I don't know, anyone ever been to a farmer's market? There's lots of eclectic things there. There's there's some weird stuff there. And you're like, wow, that's very artistic and weird. Um, but, like, but there's some really cool things. And there's, you know, fruit. Uh, and there's, you know, steaks that are like, or cows that are out on the hill and all that kind of stuff. So we've been there. We've gotten like this goat milk lotion because I don't know about you, but like washing my hands all the time. My hands are just getting super dry. So this has been really great. Okay, plug. Okay, so anyway, with that, we're there. And the last two or three times we've been there, I've been smelling this burrito stand. It's like these breakfast burritos. Can I get an amen? God invented breakfast burritos. And so I've walked by this a few times. When you're walking around, you can actually, the waft of the smell just kind of goes everywhere. 
And so Saturday, we went and bought breakfast burritos. When I walked up, uh, I was taken off a guard a little bit uh, just because it said like, okay, the breakfast burrito is like potatoes and cheese. And I was like, okay, that's good, that's good. Uh, and then it said like eggs. And I was like, okay, that's good, that's good. And beans. And I was like, oh, oh okay, beans is protein. But like there was no meat. Um, and, and I was like, well, well oh, no bacon, no sausage. Uh, but my wife said, let's get that one. And I was like, okay, we'll get that one. So I got it, right? And we got it. We got home, unwrapped everything, got it. We sat down and got our drinks, all the stuff. Take a bite. And I'm like, uh, eh, eh. Take a few more bites. Put the salsa, like dump a lot of salsa into it. And I get halfway through it. And I'm looking at her and she's looking at me. And I'm just like, really underwhelming. You know, they, they, they sat so, like, they're huge, and they sat on the, on the griddle, and they were warm, and they looked beautiful, they smelled. So I, I finished it. I got up and actually went and made, warmed up some sausage and shoved it in, hoping that would make it better. Um, it didn't. Um, I mean, the sausage was okay, but, like, got to the end, and I was just like, well, that was really lacking. And, and then we kind of, we binged watched, we're watching West Wing right now, so we binge watched several episodes of that. It was like, you know, two hours later, and, and I look at Amy, and I'm like, you know what I'm still thinking about? She's like, how bad that burrito was? And I was like, yes! How bad that burrito was! Why am I telling you about burritos? Because some things can look really good on the outside and be really lacking on the inside. And friends, I believe that's the status of the church in our generation. Why? Because we can put a bumper sticker on it. We can make it look good from the outside, and yet we're lacking on the inside. What if people who called themselves Christians actually acted more like Jesus? Do you think the world would take notice? Because it's different. It doesn't mean you overlook everything, but it means the way you interact and the way you influence is different than just yelling at people. What if the church actually became really good, godly burritos. And what we were filled with was Jesus. And it just, remember what the psalmist said? Taste and see that the Lord is good. What if the church was more like that? See, healthy things grow and develop and mature. How do you know? Well, how many of you have a fruit tree? in the backyard, or you have a friend that has one, so you call them before service and say, hey, I forgot mine, would you bring one? And they do, and, and fruit gets recognized. Here's what Paul said, remember? At the very end, you want to know what a person who's living and walking out the ways of Jesus, well, they're going to be known by the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. The opportunity for us is to say yes to being a part of the sanctification process. So here's the simple takeaway tonight. We're going to worship and invite the team back up uh, to lead us in that. Tonight, what is your next step? That's the invitation. It's really that simple. If you want to be a part of an e-group, there's a sign-up sheet out in the lobby. If you want to be part of a discipleship group and you're willing to say, okay, 
I'll invest six to nine months and, and go through this. I want to know what it means to be an apprentice of Jesus. If that's you, then go sign up. If you're online, then just put in the chat box or email us, info at elementcitychurch.org, and, and just say, this is what I'm signing up for. We'll contact you. We are getting ready to launch some new e-groups. We're getting ready to launch some new discipleship groups. Some will be online only. Some will be in person. Some will be hybrid. If you're willing and you're ready, then that's the invitation for you is to sign up to take that next step. Maybe part of it is you've got to own part of your faith and you've been relying on other people to do it for you all the time. And maybe part of this invitation is to say that. Maybe coming to church regularly is just something that's not on your radar screen. What would it look like to actually spend more time with God on a more consistent basis? Do you think that might grow more and more of the Jesus depth in you? I think it would. So what do you need to say next to you? What's your next step? So Father, as we worship, that's what we pray for. Each one of us has a next step. Each one of us is meant to be equipped to follow after you, Jesus. So would you speak to us? Would you show us? And as we aim our devotion in your direction tonight in worship, do you nudge our hearts with our next step? We were waiting without hope, without light Till from heaven you came running There was mercy in your eyes To fulfill the law and prophets To a virgin came the word From a throne of endless glory To a cradle in the dirt
Till that stone was moved for good For the Lamb had conquered death And the dead rose from the tombs And the angels stood in awe For the souls of all who'd come To the Father are restored And the Church of Christ was born Then the Spirit lit the flame Now the Gospel truth of all Shall not kneel, shall not faint By His blood and in His name In His freedom I am free For the love of Jesus Christ Father, we praise you for who you are. You're worthy. And you're worth our pursuit. You're the one who rescued us. Would you help us to be a people who follow our rescuer as you transform us from the inside out? We want to be a reflection of you, that we respond like you, that we react like you, that we lead the way like you. That we live out the way of Jesus, not the way of the world. Sometimes that's very counterculture. And it takes guts, and it takes courage, and that isn't something we manufacture. It's something you develop in the depth of who we are. May that be so, God. Again, I want to thank you for being a part of whether online or here in the house, um, we want to be a church that will reach people, to help them reach up to love God and to love others around them, to be a church that equips you to follow Jesus. And so if you're interested in e-groups or discipleship groups, again, if you're here in the lobby, you can sign up tonight. If you're online, email us, info at uh, I invite you to continue to be a part of the 21 days of prayer that uh, we start day eight tomorrow. So if you want a book, prayer booklet, it's there out in the lobby, or you can download it right from the app, have it digital. Uh, jump in with us if you haven't been a part, just all of us praying in the same direction on the same day, asking God to do something within us individually, within us, something as corporately as a church. And excited about our worship night as we end with worship, our whole prayer movement uh, with the worship night January 31st here on site or online. Uh, be a part of that. So sign up for those things. Um, we want to declare our allegiance to Jesus and to Jesus alone. And so as we end tonight, we're singing in Christ alone. If the feed fades out because that guy talked too long, um, 
just pull it up on Spotify uh, and worship with us or pull it up on Apple Music here in the house. We're gonna worship in Christ alone because it's all about him and we want people to be able to know him and to follow him. So let's sing.
returns or calls me home here in the power of Christ will stand here in the power of Christ will stand Amen, be blessed, we love you have a great week, we hope to see you soon